Hello and welcome to The Dollop. My name is Dave Anthony. This is a bi-weekly podcast in which I read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't. All right. I thought you started a, doing a really good intro and then it got real weird. It. I forgot what I was going to say. Sure, sure. It's hard to say the exact same tiny sentence every week. I don't think it is. It's very easy. It's very hard. It's very easy. Uh, do you want a little hit of dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> October 18th, 1855. All right. Mary Elizabeth Haley was born into a wealthy family in Belton, Texas. Okay. She would be nicknamed Libby. Sure. That's fair. Nothing crazy yet. Right? Elizabeth Libby. I love it. I know a Libby. Uh, Belton was a frontier town north of Austin, surrounded by rich soil. So a lot of farming going on. A lot of uh, just people probably able to eat the soil because it's so rich. Right. Rich, so, yeah. Um, and it was the last civilized place for people traveling west. Okay, so you go past it, yeah, and you're, the yeah. soil's poor. Yeah, yeah, poor soil. Not like the other soil's like, we're off to the opera tonight. <laughs> the soil's like, man, I can eat a can of beans. What's that? Yeah, I live in a boxcar. That's the guy that's over. I'm out. this soil. I'm poor soil. He's over there? Yeah. Look at all that rich soil and its rich ivory tower. So that's out west. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't you come here. Okay. Unless you got beans. Okay. I don't want to go there now. Come on. Give me your fucking beans. Okay. Uh, out west, train robbers and Comanche lived just beyond the town, uh, and those heading to California were often attacked. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Libby's father ran a plantation and was very rich. Okay. Like the soil. Uh, but the Comanches often raided farms and ranches in the area. They were after horses, supplies, and captives. So they were taking prisoners off of the plantations. <clears throat> well, now this is a time when Native Americans have been decimated by diseases that were brought over. They just weren't careful enough. And uh, obviously uh, fighting with the, the, the white man, the battles that them. occurred. So their, us. their numbers had dwindled. So one way to increase your numbers, take people and put babies in them. Oh, okay. So they were taking female captives. Yeah. And they would be impregnating the female captives. Put a baby up in there. This is Captive seems like a nice word for what is happening. <laughs> because of this, most men in the area were always armed. Even though raids that got into uh, Belton were rare. Okay. In the 1850s and 1860s, most Texans were in favor of slavery and joining the Confederacy. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, come on. Super different. (laughs) (laughs) Texas' greatest hero once came to Belton to speak in favor of joining the Union, Sam Houston. Okay. But he was booed and shouted down. 
<laughs> of course. Yeah, well, I mean, why wouldn't he? He's the greatest hero. Why would you want to hear what he has to nope. say? Set him up. This, I do not agree with your opinion. <laughs> no, listen to me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, one man there leading the anti-Houston yelling was James Haley, Libby's dad. Okay. He was super into slavery. I don't know if that's the correct term, but that's what I came up with. <laughs> super into slavery. <laughs> super into it. I'm just super into this, you guys. Oh, my God. I'm loving it. You know what I'm super into? Owning people. Slavery. I'm just loving it. And uh, and he was into succession, su- te- uh, su- uh, Texas, you know, leaving and all the southern states leaving. Sure. And his beliefs uh, were passed to his daughter. Okay. So she was also a free thinker. Haley was one of the main reasons uh, the town of Belton was a Confederate hotspot. Right? So he's like the big rich man, and he brings in people that he hires like-minded and all that shit. More than a thousand men from Belton joined up with the Confederacy and fought against the Union. Okay. And it didn't end there. During the war and after, mob violence ruled, which led to the hanging of a few Unionists in Belton. They got... They were hanged just because they were... Uh, That's all I could find out of, but yeah, I assume so. Okay. Yeah, well, they were were like, I don't like people being owned by people. Lynch them! Yeah. String them up. Teach them about the value of life and kill them. (laughs) You don't want to own other people? I'm going to end your life. You think that's wrong? You think I have moral problems? Kill them. (laughs) Because so many men uh, went off to war uh, from Belton, there were not as many to handle the defenses around the town. Okay. Crime increased, and Comanche raiding parties figured out it was easier to get deeper into the area. Guys, tonight we're going to have a raid party. Going in far. You know, we usually don't go past that fence. Yeah. Going past the fence. Now, does this headdress go with these streamers? Hello. Streamers? Mm-hmm. Ribbons? Ribbons? Decorations? Decorations? Plates. Plates? Am I the only one who brought cake? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the tribes were upset about the whites moving closer to the homelands and the loss of buffalo herds, so they figured we'll take what we can get from them. Yeah, right. I get it. Is it just uh, me, or do you always, do you always feel understanding to whatever the Native Americans are like? Anything they're doing, I'm always like, totally get it. Oh yeah, no, like, we're totally we are it. we are the yeah. When I read stories from history, even though I know what happened, I'm rooting always. for the. The Native Americans Sla- to win. Slaves and Native Americans always. I'm always like, come yeah. on, you guys. You guys can win this yeah. one. And when I read about a story, like the story of the Nez Pierce, I believe it was in Oregon, and they just slaughtered an American army. They, were, they like rode down on their horses, and, they would, and they, would, they would hang on one side of the horse and shoot their arrows. Yeah. And they just decimated. And I was just like, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Kill me. Kill my Kill people. Kill my people. <laughs> um. The Comanche were not merciful in battle. They were uh, considered to be some of the greatest horsemen in the world, which meant they could raid deep into territory, grab what they wanted, and be long gone before a search party was formed to chase them. And in 1864, they attacked the Haley Plantation. All right. James Haley didn't have as many men as he uh, used to to fight them off because, you know, being a big supporter of the Confederacy, many of them went off to fight. So the Comanche came and took what they wanted, one of which was 10-year-old Libby. Oh, shit. Didn't see that coming? I mean... I mean, it seemed like everything, like I put together all the pieces, and you should have seen it coming. What, what is this? What's happening right now? You should have seen it coming. What's happening? Her parents were devastated. Are you giving me notes on how to dollop during a dollop? <laughs> you prick. 
Her parents were devastated because, you know, they liked her. <laughs> they were like, yeah. that's our kid. Sure. Right? I would, that, that I, would I would understand that being a tough thing to go through. <laughs> Wild Native Americans have stolen our daughter. I can see that being a tough pill to swallow, yes. Uh, but they had hope. She'll be fine. She's you know, you, fine. You know, you know those situations where someone's like something bad's happening and you say something to someone <laughs> and you realize you've overstated it? Yeah. She'll be fine. She might be better. She, I shouldn't have said that. She won't be better. She won't be better. No, she's in trouble. But they had hope because when the Comanche took kids, they usually adopted them or turned them into just slaves. Either way, there was a good chance Libby was still alive. They just needed to find her before she hit puberty because then she'd be married off, and that made it nearly impossible to buy her back. Wow, what so a the, great time this was to be alive. Yeah, but now we got a, a, a ticking clock, right? Yeah, but you're also, I mean, now you have to buy your slave daughter, which has got to be weird for a plantation owner. It's hard to It's not right to own another. <laughs> Give me my daughter, you son of a bitch. Oh, them? They're black. That's fine. Come on, look at their skin. It's different. What are you talking about? You're a little dark too, my friend. I'll oh be my god, uh, this is very ironic for me to have to pay this you know, money. A lot of people are wondering when I'm going to have that eureka moment. Not coming. <laughs> Pick that cotton, motherfucker. Now my daughter needs her freedom. She's a human being. <laughs> uh, they put out uh, a word to trappers, hunters, traders, and the Texas Rangers, and everyone knew they had to get the her baseball back. Baseball team. Yeah, I like where we're headed. I know, right? That's smart. Everyone knew they had to get her back before she was changed for good through either marriage or abuse. Haley thought uh, if either of those things happened, uh, his daughter would no longer be accepted by polite Texas society. Well, (laughs) doesn't that really say something about Texas society that you can get kidnapped (laughs) and then chastised? Oh. James Haley would rather Libby died at the hands of the Comanche than be deflowered. Wow, that's pretty reasonable. Bold. Pretty reasonable. Bold policy. Yeah. Fairly, uh, shall I say, uh, you know, when people point out stuff about Muslim extremists, yeah. very, uh, Short-sighted. very similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the years went by, three years exactly, and because she was nearing puberty, the Haley's were losing all hope. Then, in 1867, they learned Libby was with a nearby tribe. The tribe wanted a ransom, and the Haley's paid it. James Haley thought it had been way too long, and she was probably soiled. Oh, God. And he was right. When he laid eyes she on... She was rich soil, though. Yeah, she was rich soiled. <laughs> when he laid eyes on his daughter, he saw she was now a woman, and that she didn't have any signs of abuse, which meant to him that she gave in to their demands. In other words, she'd had sex with some Comanche. And this is based on seeing her. Yeah, she looked fine, but she was a, she was now a woman. She looked fine, but clearly she was sucking a lot of Native American dick. That's exactly how healthy she it. looks. Libby That's w- not the face of a girl who said no once. Probably ran a goddamn train on her like a fucking clown car. <laughs> Jesus. Everyone get in. Unbelievable, you whore, whore. Oh, daddy. Oh, I mean, hello, Libby. Libby was thrilled to be home, but the welcome she dreamed of for three years was not coming. Her dad was cold to her. He just knew a penis had been inside of her, even though he couldn't see it. You don't need to see it, Dave. You don't need to see Once it. Once you've invented it. <laughs> Once it's in your head, yeah, you can't get there. it out of there. Yeah. At the time, people were prejudiced against former slaves, especially women slaves, and even more so if she had hit puberty. So just... You... <laughs> okay. They were known as marked women. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Marked women? Yeah. It sounds like there's a hit out on them. Well, there may as well have been. Oh, God. 
So the marked women were basically scarlet lettered. Yeah. All right. Yeah, pretty great. Great. James cold feelings. And keep in mind that she was kidnapped. Right. This is none of it. She was kidnapped as a child. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that I'm saying keep in mind to you. Yeah. Okay. Now, Dave, I, keep in mind when we're talking about this. I will keep that in mind. Thank you. I had to. I just, for you, I just to let you know how to do this. Keep that in mind. <laughs> James cold feelings toward his daughter rubbed off on the rest of the family and soon the town of Belton. After a little while, no one would have anything to do with her. And her father decided he couldn't let her get married because she had had a Comanche penis inside of her, obviously. Sure. And to make it worse, when he tried to ask what had happened, Libby would not talk about it, which was very common of former slaves of Native American tribes. Yeah, it's because they didn't trauma. feel safe talking to anybody. It's, uh, yeah, and it's trauma. Because it well, wasn't it wasn't like they were like, yeah. oh my god, tell me what happened. They're like, this tell is, me what happened. This is a safe place, right? Did you see a dick? Get out of get out of here, yeah. you whore. Libby was completely alone. Her friends and old neighbors avoided her, and when they did see her, they wouldn't speak to her. They called her Squaw Woman. Uh, she's thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when Mowgli returned. Who? The Jungle Book kid. Okay. Unfortunately, this was very common for kidnapped girls who were returned. Some would actually go back to the tribes that had kidnapped them. Yeah, because they're, I mean. They're probably, because they're treated better by the kidnapping tribe. Hey. But Libby was not one who wanted to return to the Comanche, even if she was a social outcast. When she turned 14, she met and fell in love with an older man who didn't care about her past. He just uh, wanted her. I'm very wary as to how old this man He's is. just 10 years older. Okay. It's not that bad. So he's 24 and she's 24. He's 24. 14. She's 14. Which is normal for back then. Hey, it's normal That's now when, to me. Fist four, bump? Fist 14 bump? was a marrying age. Can I get there a fist it is. Bump? Hey, yeah, right. girl. Wait, I think we're well, going to jail. Oh, that got really. Yep, we're going to jail. Um, but so that's the marrying age back then. 14. The 14, 16. Sure. Um, so she's thrilled. She meets this guy. He's treating her like a person. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. This is it. Yep. This, this, this has to be it, Dave. And I'll start the car. After she'd been thinking she was going to spend her whole life alone, she meets this guy she can spend her life with. It's all awesome. Libby was excited. She brought him home to meet her parents. And because he was so much older, she thought it was best if she told her father that okay. they were already married. Okay. Interesting. So this family just has good judgment all around. Yep. James, however, was not pleased. And when he was introduced to his new son-in-law, who was twice his daughter's age... James thought the older man was just taking care, uh, taking advantage of her spoiled state, as he considered it, and the fact that she was so lonesome. James didn't even speak to the man. He just pulled out his revolver and fired around into his chest. Excuse me? What? He just shot him in the chest? Yeah, she walked up and she said, Daddy, this is my husband. Really? Boom! Right in the chest. Just That's quite a reaction. He didn't make it. He dropped dead on the porch. He died. Yeah, she, right there. She brought him in, and he to fucking me, killed him. She. This is a. You know, this is for when you're introducing your um, fiance to your parents. This is like a worst case scenario. Yeah, it doesn't go much worse. Right. This I mean, is, and you know, the truth is too. This is what's so. I mean, this is terrible, but almost funny. It, <laughs> is that before he went in, he probably was like, is this the best way to handle it? Why I know. We just, should we? Why don't we just maybe maybe this go tell him. Yeah. Give it a couple days to say. Yeah. No, no. Trust me. No, he needs to hear this. Yeah. We're going in there and he's and I'm going to actually even tell him that we're fucking married. Okay? OK, watch the look on his face. I don't feel I feel like Try, look, you don't know him like I do. The only way to get dad to sign off on something like this is to make him think it's already done. You know what? Otherwise, you might shoot you or something. Can crazy. you trust me? Yeah. You're. 
I'm I'm 20, 24, 28 around there. You're 14. What, I understand. I, just know a little I bit understand. More. I know I'm a still growing. More. I'm going to knock. Dad, <laughs> I have some amazing news, Father. He's going to love you. Boosh. Thud. James Haley thought he was completely justified in the shooting, and local law enforcement agreed. I mean, no where, charges were filed. What? <laughs> well, he is, did what? Yeah, I don't know. I think your father's right. It does look like he fell down some stairs. He was fucking. He was fucking my daughter. Look, uh, looks like he fell down a set of stairs. Case closed. All right, Libby. Good to see you, you whore. There was no official inquiry into the shooting. No. This also just further cemented. P- in, in people's mind that Libby was having sex outside of marriage, first with a Comanche and now with an old man. I mean, why, why are people are always so fixated on what women do? Oh, God, yeah. Women's privates are everybody's that's, business. That's what the whole Taliban is about. <laughs> and ISIS. Know, yeah. That's really, you boil yeah. it down oh. to what it's about. It's about ladies. Oh, yeah. And then, like, yeah. Abortion, it's like, nah! It's all Give me that it. womb! Yeah, all those fucking, the, the, what are the, the crazy right-wing Christian tea bags? No, there's a, there's a the promise keepers. You ever heard the promise oh, yeah. keepers? Yeah, yeah. The promise keepers here in America. Yeah, actually, I have some interesting info I'd like to give you on them. They're really okay. we're a great organization. Uh, Libby ran away. Okay, she fled to Abilene, Kansas. Oh, you mean the city of whores? Well, there she got work at a dance hall where she both danced and was a prostitute. All right, so I'm sorry. Maybe people were right. <laughs> it was a cow town, and there were a lot of single, lonely men. She met one named William Thompson, whose nickname was Texas Billy. He was 10 years older. He, she liked that uh, age She liked range. the age, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had boyish good looks, was very charming, and led an exciting life. His family had immigrated from England in 1851, and his brother was already a famous outlaw nicknamed Shotgun Ben. Uh, Shotgun Ben had shot his first man at the age of 15. He was also active in, this, in Kansas during this time. He ended up shooting like 21 guys, Shotgun Jesus. Ben. Jesus. <clears throat> What kind of gun did he use? A revolver. <laughs> I knew it. That's what everyone used back then. Uh, Texas Billy loved to gamble. Uh, if he had a losing streak and ran out of money, then he'd sign on to work with a cattle ranch and herd some cattle. So that was like his life. So he'd gamble, gamble, gamble. He'd work, live, work, work. He'd lose, stay lose, as long lose. as he could gambling. And then if he did run out of money, then he'd be like, all right, I'll get a fucking job. Hey, I need to work again so I can lose. And then he'd save up his money. And ah, This time is going to be different. You ain't going to see me again. <laughs> Trust me. This is the last time. <laughs> uh, but live. he would live as a gambler. Uh, Billy and Libby shacked up. But she still kept working, dancing, and having sex with gentlemen for money. Sure. Back then, dance hall girls made good money and even more if they would have sex. It's very similar to today. <laughs> right? Be- yeah. Because she loved Billy, she'd give him some of the profits so he could play cards. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Have that vagina money to throw around. I mean, that makes a, that makes a guy feel good. Yeah, right? Man, what, you must have come into some good money, huh, Texas? Yeah. You know, they always say that men have a hard time if their wife makes more money? Yeah. Not Billy. Not, he's, no. He's totally fine with it. Well, that. look, I mean, if you let it go, it seems like a pretty great gig for him. Billy didn't seem to mind her work, probably because it kept him at the tables. <clears throat> They didn't stay in Abilene. They moved from town to town. More often than not, they were broke. When they came to a new town, they'd try to appear as a normal couple, telling everyone they were married. While it was completely legal for her to be a sex worker, it was illegal in the West for a man and woman to live together if they weren't married. Uh, I, what? I just, I just... Why? I how, mean... How? It, 
it's just mind boggling. The conclusion. Just, I mean, it's just if it, if it really just comes down to if something's established, that's all it is. If something has been established, it is. But he, it, she yeah, can no, have sex with people for money. Yeah, but, but she, she can't live with the guy yeah, she loves. Can't live with the guy she loves. No. <laughs> no. Well, she, Dave, she'd be a whore then. <laughs> In 1873, Libby went <clears throat> with Billy on a cattle drive. Because he was the trail boss, he was allowed to bring his family. So off they went on a cattle drive from Kansas to Oklahoma. Oh, also, she was pregnant, and she gave birth in the wagon to a son named Rance. I'm okay. Okay. Let's take a T.O. real quick. Um, she gave birth in the wagon. Yeah. So I'm assuming that is a very hygienic scene. <laughs> Here, set him in the dung while I cut his umbilical cord with a spoon. Yeah, but they heated up the spoon. Boy, he's got a lot of hay on the blood on his back, huh? And then, and then, <sighs> so the miracle of life happens in a wagon. Yeah. And the the cherry on top of the moment is you name your child something that you use the poison rodent with. Rants. Rants. Yeah. It sounds like raid for ants. I mean, this is uh, this is like Francis Bean here. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> four four months later, though, Billy married her. All right. Yeah. Now, surprisingly, they weren't the best parents. They still kept on the move from town to town, and he was into gambling, and she liked drinking and honky tonks. Neither of them were home much. They lived for a time in Dodge City, Kansas. They were there during its heyday and became friends with Western celebrities like Wyatt Earp. Mm-hmm. Is your cat looking in a backpack? I don't know what he's doing. He's in a really weird little mood, and I'm very, I'm very wary of what's happening with him. The truth is what he's trying to do is find the love laser point. Ah, right. Fair he's enough. Always on a, right now, he's just like, where did that red dot go? Yeah. Um, in another town they were in, Billy was pulling an all-nighter with some fellas. When he managed to shoot and kill Sheriff Chauncey Whitney, Billy was locked up, but he maintained the accident, the shooting was an accident. How do you shoot a sheriff? I don't know. You're drunk and you take out your gun and you. you how about this one? Boom. A sheriff. <clears throat> yeah, the sheriff too. Uh, but the Kill locals, the deputy. <clears throat> the locals were very fond of the sheriff and they started talking about forming a lynching party. Cool. Billy's cattle employer bailed him out of jail and Billy got the fuck out of there with his family. Yes, smart. But the Texas Rangers hunted him down and brought him back. He stood trial. Thinking he was doomed, but somehow the shooting was ruled an accident, and he was set free. From the creators of Making a Murderer. (laughs) But still, he got the hell out of Kansas, taking Libby with him. They ended settling in Sweetwater, Texas, and considered making it their home. Uh, They bought a ranch and a dance hall with the money. A ranch hall. A ranch hall. The dance hall had uh, gambling and a whorehouse. Uh, Why go anywhere else? It's all there. It's got all two. And Libby turned out to be a very good businesswoman. Okay. She wasn't shy about how she made her living. When the census was taken, she wrote her occupation as, quote, one who diddles and squirms in the dark. Wow. (laughs) She's a bed bug. (laughs) That's what they thought. She must be an insect. Wait a minute. We got an insect? and Okay. I think she's a house snake. What? 
<clears throat> they continue to have kids. Libby'd crank out nine over the years. Oof. <clears throat> yeah, six of which were Billy's. Uh, wait. Huh? <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you know. Listen. I always think about the how... The Comanches come to town. I mean, old times sake them. But you got to think about how hard it was to be a prostitute back then. Like, Oh, dude. I mean, you're just... It's... None of it. It's hats on hats on hats. Oh. It's just... Just the, the, uh, the diseases yeah. and the, the it, whole... I don't even want to say the, the... I think we've maybe talked about this... But I don't even want to say the thing that I I, I don't even want to talk about it. Keep okay. <laughs> Though he was okay with her working as a prostitute early on, <clears throat> he was less into it as the years went by. They split up and both ended up in different relationships. But Uh-oh. these two crazy kids couldn't stay apart and they got back together. Mm. Just love. Romeo, Romeo. And then uh, Libby was super into prairie dogs. Um, she thought they were really cute. Well, I do too. Uh, and she started taking them in as pets. Interesting divided between us. <laughs> How many, dude? Okay. When she was in the dance hall saloon or brothel, she was often accompanied by a couple of fat little prairie dogs. I, there's only right answers to this question, but were they like on her or like walking behind her? She would take them out of their cages and let them crawl all over her. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Libby. <laughs> that might have meant what she was inferring by what she wrote on her census status. She was a prairie dog. Um, so. <laughs> okay, so she's walking places. Uh, so so she, would, she would scratch them on their head and they would just love it. They were like lap dogs. Ugh. She gave them treats and she walked them around town on leashes. Uh-huh. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Just make everyone know things are fine. This became her gimmick. So it actually helps the business, right? Because yeah. she's the prairie dog lady. And right. everyone's like, go to the prairie dog. So it's like a... Oh, you're looking for a whore? Go fuck the woman covered in prairie dogs. <laughs> One night she was working. And for whatever reason, uh, <clears throat> she's sitting with the prairie dogs in her lap. And a drunk guy was watching her. Well, and he thought it was great. He could not get enough of this lady with prairie dogs all over her. I like this guy. And then he noticed she had a gap in her bucked front teeth. Uh-huh. So he called her Squirrel Tooth Alice. Um, okay. I would hope that that would be a fact that... Okay. Well, first of all, people often confuse prairie dogs with squirrels back then. Okay. And everyone immediately in the saloon loved the nickname. The name again is Squirrel Tooth Alice. Squirrel Tooth Alice. Yeah. Okay. And, and so much so, and she liked it too. So much so that from that day forward, all her customers and everyone in the town started calling her Squirrel Tooth Alice. All right. That's who you want coming up with your nicknames: a shit-faced <laughs> guy who doesn't know you. <clears throat> and it turned out to be good for business as a name. And her brothel became brothel became even more known around the Just frontier because it said Squirrel Tooth Alice. People yeah, are like that's where you want to fuck. Yeah, well, that it, name's crazy. It stands out from the other places. It does. People know there's a Squirrel Tooth lady there. It's it, but it's basically the same gimmick when like a company will be like, our number is eight hundred four 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 forty four forty four. It's just yeah, well, it stands out. Yeah, that's business. Welcome right. to business. This is uh, your first business me. lesson. No, no, don't welcome me to You're business. W- <laughs> okay, I'll welcome you to business. 
Squirreltooth Alice had a large velvet chair in the saloon next to the stairs. Beside that, uh, beside that, she kept her prairie dogs in cages when she wasn't, you know, with them. And she was very protective of her prairie dogs. One night, as she walked down the stairs, she saw three grubby bearded men around the cages. One of them, quite drunk, started poking one of the prairie dogs with a stick. Boys, I'd thank you to kindly stop that, she said. They turned to see who it was, then laughed at her and went back to it. They assumed she was just one of the dancers. They didn't know who they were dealing with. Finally, one of the prairie dogs squealed. Uh-oh. <clears throat> so squirrel through that, Alice pulled out, a, pulled out a revolver and pointed it at the drunk's head. Don't make me ask you again, she said. He turned around and looked at her and told her to go to hell. Oh, boy. And she responded, I'm on my way. And then she pulled the hammer back on the gun and said, I don't mind sending you there first. Jesus. The men slowly backed off and left the saloon. Squirrel Tooth Alice picked up her prairie dogs and kissed them repeatedly. I mean, she could have written Michael Bay movies. (laughs) (laughs) Go to hell. I'm already on my way. Click. Wouldn't mind sending you there first. Yeah. Pretty badass. Billy took a gambling trip to Colorado to make some extra cash. He was hitting up the mining towns, and while on the p- trip, Billy got sick. He had the consumption. He had the consumption. What's the consumption? Consumption is just, I mean, a TB or, you know, <laughs> or other stuff. sort of things. But it was the consumption. It's not good. You're going to die. You're, it's definitely checking the mail dead time. Yeah. Okay. When he returned, Squirrel Tooth Alice quickly realized he was going to die and that she wasn't capable of caring for him, so she put him on a stagecoach and sent him to his family in Texas. <laughs> now, that's love. I don't want to go. Get in there. Get. Yeah. Go ahead, just put him on there and get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> he died in 1897. Ah. Squirrel Tooth Alice uh, didn't stay single long. She moved in with a man who was only known as Mr. Young soon after. He had three kids, so she had 12 kids now altogether. Good. And she kept, working, like she kept working at the brothel and saloon until 1921. So she's... Yeah. Since she wasn't big on raising her own kids, most of them, the girls followed, followed her into the prostitution profession, and her sons were mostly ended up as criminals. Cool. Win, winning. And Libby died in a rest home in California in 1953 at 98 years old. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. That's amazing to think you could have gone and seen her. Right? Yeah. Just fucking have a chat with that. Hey, squirrel too. Hey. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Yeah, the West was insane. Well, that's um, you know that's why you don't want your daughter to be taken. Uh, yeah, that, by that's Native what Americans. that's what happens. Or if she comes back, uh, how about uh, loving her? And uh, N- but you misunderstand. I feel like this was pre-therapy years. Yeah, no, th- no, nobody. <laughs> this is not when anyone talked about what they really felt <laughs> ever. Uh, honey, now that you've been taken by the Indians and you're back, I'm going to send you to see a man that you just talked to. You know, talk some stuff out. Okay? I, I understand that you've probably had sex with them, but I'm going to be understanding and send you to a professional. A professional man that you just chat with and you tell him your feelings. Oh, no, wait a minute. Whore! Oh, no, wait a minute. I'm going to shoot your fiancé in the chest. And I'm going to shame you for being human. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, People are awful. Can I just give you a nickname like that? Yeah. That has no connection to anything? I'm going to call you... Blue sweater Charles. I love it. <laughs> it's going to be great for my drug business. Yeah. All right. 
Gobble, uh, gobble. Gobble, gobble. We're signing cars. We're signing cars. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 